Just what exactly can we expect from the LSU Tigers? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. This is the Locked On Network, your team every day. This is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Make sure you check it out. It's a great way to make sure your business is getting what they need. It's an easy app to use, and it's also one that's very effective. LinkedIn Jobs. All right, let's bring in the guest. Let's bring him in, Mr. Glenn West. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Brian. Good to see you. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Sounds like uh, the Bayou Bengals have a rather talented team again this year. Um, you're a lifelong LSU guy, went to LSU, live in Baton Rouge, worked for LSU's 247 site, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're about as LSU as it gets. So I figured if I'm going to bring somebody on, somebody I know, to talk, this is this is pretty good. So first off, I'm just going to allow you to spit it out. Whatever you want to say, open-ended, carte blanche, this is what LSU is going to be this year, a player to watch, whatever it is you want, first segment, have at it, brother. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think probably when you look at this team, the the big step here is, is trying to get into contention for a college football playoff. I mean, last year you win the West in, in year one under Brian Kelly, uh, you have some really great standout showings from some of your young stars uh, along the offensive line. Um, you, you, you get some development from guys like Malik Neighbors. You bring in Jaden Daniels, and he has a really great uh, you know start to his career at LSU. Um, and I, I just think that there is a, an, an expectation that LSU is going to be able to evolve here in year two uh, under Kelly and, and really compete for really the top of, of, of college football. And I, I think you see that kind of in a lot of the – the preseason hype around this team, there's been a lot of offseason, uh, you know, whether it's Jaden Daniels you know, being among the top three candidates for the Heisman Trophy uh, heading into the year. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, like I said, guys like Neighbors and, and Harold Perkins on the defensive side of the ball who are superstar talents. Uh, Will Campbell on the offensive line is a guy that I think you really uh, need to watch out for is, is a guy who I think could establish himself as one of the elite left tackles in all of college football this year. Um, they, they have the nucleus intact. And I think the nucleus is what's going to be able to help this team kind of reach their goals. Um, but it's going to be questions of the depth that's going to help them achieve their goals. There are some real depth concerns, I think, across the roster, um, whether you look at the secondary, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute. Um, but there's there's depth concerns at, at linebacker and um, you know, certainly along the offensive line after their starting five, they're, they're really – going to be relying heavily on freshmen and, and, and a couple transfers that they brought in. So a um, couple of uh, guys that they think have developed well over the off season. So there, there's, you know, I think the biggest thing here is LSU has to have a healthy season um, to, to be able to compete at the top. Um, this, this first game against Florida state, in my opinion, is going to tell us exactly what trajectory this team's going to go on. Um, I, I think that if they win this game, they're very much primed to meet Alabama later this year at, you know, as an undefeated team. And if they 
Uh, if they lose, then I think it, it could go a number of different ways. And I, I just um, I, I think that LSU's team this year is really going to be coming down to can they stay healthy? Can the first 22 be consistent for you, be reliable for you? Um, and, and, and you know, we're already kind of seeing it here that, you know, there's there's always some some drama heading into LSU season now, now with the Mason Smith suspension for the Florida State game. That's a big blow. And I'm sure we can touch on that as well. Well, let's just do that first because sure. I had uh, I was on Caroline Fenton's show yesterday. She does the Locked On LSU show, and she's great. And we just went off like I, I haven't found somebody in media, regardless of who they root for, their interests, that like the NCAA's decision. I'm sure there's somebody out there for whatever reason, and I probably won't hang out with them. But the bottom line is this: he got suspended for something from 21, correct? Like yeah. Him and yeah. Is it Boutte or Booty? Which which Booty. how do you say it? Sean Booty. Booty, yeah. They did some signing with the booster or whatever that was pre and I, I I don't know the nuances, but this was my and I'm just curious what you think. He gets suspended. He played what one or two series last year in the Florida State game, breaks up to the knee, and it, you know, that's unfortunate. He misses the whole freaking year, and you're gonna suspend him again? Yeah. I mean, so, the dude just went through ACLs. I mean. Go ahead. Yeah, ACL reconstruction. I mean, yeah, so uh, essentially the backstory here is that he and Kayshawn Booty going into his freshman year participated in an autograph signing um, the summer of that year. So he was an early enrollee, and he uh, enrolled early, was with the team already. So, um, you know, it was an opportunity for him, I think, to make a little cash. And, yeah, it was sure. it was weeks, I think, a matter of week, days, weeks before NIL actually went active across college football. Um, and uh, the guy that essentially organized this autograph signing essentially sold him out. They, they, you know, he called the NCAA and said, this is what these guys were doing so-and-so weeks ago. Um, and yeah. And so the NCAA came down last year with the suspension ruling um, and they actually allowed Kayshawn to pick, the game that he would be suspended for. So it was, um, I can't, it, there was a couple games that he missed last year. They, they said one game was because of an injury and another was because of uh, the birth of his son. Um, so it could have been one of those two games. It was, they were both non-conference blowout wins for LSU. But um, the, the point is that Mason Smith didn't get that opportunity because he, like you said, tore up his ACL in the first game. He missed all of the year. Um and so they they weren't and, and so essentially what the NCAA did was they chose for him that he would be suspended for this first game against Florida State in one of the most highly anticipated matches of the season. That's the part to me that you know if you want to suspend a guy for a game, if you want to you know beat your chest and, and kind of look tall for 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 that ruling, fine. Let him get suspended for a game, but to do it and to not give the guy a chance to. And the biggest thing was Mason Smith cooperated with the NCAA across the entire time of this investigation. He cooperated with them. He said, look, I know I made a mistake. I'm sorry. It was a little bit before we actually started this thing. Um, but yeah, and, and they still suspend him for a game against, you know, something that's now you would consider past the statute of limitations. And it's two years ago. And there's so much of these, these things going on now that are out in the public eye, out in the open that, you know, you think that at the very least they would have given him an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to choose the game, and, and they just didn't give him that, and you know now he's going to be out for this first game. I have so many things on that topic we could go into, but yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that's horrendous, 
and we're going to move forward. So the bigger question, Guillory is a guy that's a sophomore, correct? True sophomore. Uh, I believe he's a junior. He might be. He, I think he's been around the program for three or four years now. So he's he he could be a redshirt sophomore, but pretty sure he's a junior or so, uh, senior by now. Yeah, massive. Three fifteen ish. Is that accurate? I mean, these depth chart yeah. weights and stuff. Oh yeah, okay. he is every bit three fifteen, three twenty. I think you're going to see him heavily involved in the defensive line rotation, along with Makai Wingo, who was an All American yeah, last so year. They are him. both really good run stuffers. They are they are really uh, they they've really improved in that area over the last year or so. Um, I think that's going to be kind of where LSU's strength is going to have to be. They're going to have to at least try to find a way to maintain this Florida State running attack because. That's the part of the Florida State offense from everything I've read, everything I've heard, that 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 can be truly dynamic at times with Travis and a couple of the backs that they have back there. So I think LSU is going to have some really interesting wrinkles into this game now that Mason Smith is not available. I'd expect that they go four or five deep in the interior D-line with their rotations. Right. They have a couple transfers in Jordan Jefferson that they brought in, uh, Paris Shand, um, and, and uh, there's there's – Jalen Lee from Florida. Um, and then, you know, you've got you've also got the Harold Perkins factor in here. Harold Perkins did not play yep. a whole ton in that game last year. Um, they've moved him to inside linebacker this season. Um, I think they are going to have to move him all over the field, keep Florida State on its toes uh, when he's rushing the passer, because I think he's going to have to play a huge factor in stopping that run game as well. That point is something I was going to ask you about, because this is something I mentioned in my podcast He's a sophomore, a true sophomore. Athletic is a very mild term for Perkins. His bend, like there was a few plays last year where the offensive tackle, when he he just played, you know, go get the quarterback last year. They made it simple yeah. for him. His bend is extraordinary. So why do you take that guy who's playing one of the most critical positions on the field and move him to middle where the old saying – uh, paralysis by analysis can take place. Is he playing middle or is he playing will? Yeah, or he's he, they're, they're moving. Yeah, he's he, so I think the the Mike linebacker has pretty much been Omar Spates, but they've okay. they've used Perkins there as well. So yeah, he I think he's going to be kind of the will guy for you. I, I don't know that, okay. um, you, you know, you're the, the thing with Perkins is he's going to be so versatile for you that I'm not sure that the Mike position makes much sense when you're going to have that in your helmet. Uh, for him just because they're going to move him off the edge. They're going to bring him up off the jack linebacker spot. So, yeah, he, he's going to be moving around so much in this game and really throughout the season that I think the biggest thing here was just to really open up the playbook for him and, and allow him to be able to contribute in a number of different ways. I think we'll see his coverage, um, you know, his man-to-man -man coverage really be seen this year. We didn't get to see a whole lot of that last year, but he's actually very fast, very quick, and can kind of keep up with some of those slot tight ends and receivers yeah. – um, so I, I just think he's got a, a huge, huge tool here for LSU. And they spent pretty much the entire offseason building its defense around how they can use him and how they can make him versatile on this, on this defense. I agree. I agree. All right. Second segment here. This is this is the one where I'm really good, and I'm, I'm not trying to just beat my own chest, but finding things with teams that like preseason magazines try to be positive because mm -hmm. they want people to buy. And it's usually pretty hard to find a whole hell of a lot of weaknesses with LSU. If you had to pick two or three things or a player or something you're worried, play calling, a position coach, whatever it is, what would you say LSU has the biggest concern with in week one against the Knowles? 
I mean, you've got to start with the secondary. I think the cornerback room in particular, um, there, there's just so many unproven guys in that room right now. They have a, a transfer from Southeastern and Zy Alexander that they have a lot of faith in, who's about six foot three and, and, and long and agile. Uh, he's been pretty consistent for them uh, throughout fall camp. Um, but they, they have a lot of guys with not much experience. And so that's going to be kind of the, uh, the, the, the juggle there, or at least experience at this level. So Alexander right. played a lot at the FCS level. You had uh, Deuce Chestnut, who's a Syracuse transfer, played a lot the last couple of years for Syracuse. He's going to be heavily involved in the rotation. They've actually recently just moved Sage Ryan, uh, who's a pretty uh, versatile defensive back for them at safety. They moved him to outside corner towards the end of fall camp when, when the media was allowed to view it. Um, they've they've moved him there because he's gotten a lot more physical. He's grown into his body a little bit more, and they think he can contribute at outside corner as well. So I think that those three, Alexander, Chestnut, and Sage Ryan, are going to be the three that you see the most. They could mix in a LaTerrence Welch. They could mix in an Ashton Stamps, who's a true freshman that they think is, has got a really bright future. Um, you know, The one guy I haven't mentioned is Denver Harris. He's been pretty consistently with the third team. He's had some issues kind of adjusting to Baton Rouge. Um, you know, there was a you know a big fight that broke out at the very beginning of fall camp, and he was right smack dab in the middle of it. So um, they, they're still trying to reach him, I think. But he's he's still a guy that has immense talent, and you know, if he capitalizes on just making sure that his head's on straight, then I think he could be a part of this rotation as well at some point during the season. I hadn't heard about Harris with that, but obviously he had a couple strikes in College Station. That, if you want to look it up, Google Denver Harris car or something like yeah. that. He, he's yeah. he's just not a very mature young man yet. Yeah. They're working on it, and I think I think the, I think he heard the message at the at the very start of this fall with that incident happening, and we'll see if it if it's something that he takes to heart. So if he if he doesn't, Brian Kelly won't mince words. He'll be gone pretty quick. Yeah. Um, the three guys you mentioned primarily, I did a show about the cornerback room against the wide receivers the other day. FSU's receiver room is deep, insanely experienced. They have 76 games of experience for their three starters and who I consider to be the third option. This is insane to me is going to be Winston Wright. He transferred from West Virginia. Now he's coming off an ACL kind of like some of the other guys, like Mason, et cetera, but he had 133 catches at West Virginia. If that is your third option, yeah, it's pretty good. A, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's insane. Johnny Wilson is the most freakish receiver in college football. You know, it's six seven two forty. Yeah, how do you do that? And I think he's the reason. And I remember when I, when you were with part of Fan Nation, you were running the LSU site. I used to do recruiting for you. Yeah, I remember. I love Sage Ryan. I wrote about him on your site, etc. But I never in any way, shape, or form said, well, he's going to play corner. Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying I mean, I'm an NFL scout, but. Yeah. I mean, like, he 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 came in a little small. I mean, he was 5'10", 5 5'11 5 on a good day. Um, and, you know, I think you kind of want those longer guys uh, exactly. with more, more speed and more, ag more agility on the outside. Um, but you know, give credit to where credit's due. Sage's put in a lot of work to grow out his physical body. Uh, he's been a lot more – just kind of in the grill of these receivers this year. He hasn't really 
uh, you know, they've, they've got him up on man uh, in man coverage, and he's been able to kind of hold his own with some of those guys. Again, it was a very small sample size, so I'm not sure how much they're going to play with it in Florida State. We only got to see it, I think, for about a week before they kind of closed off practice for the media. Um, so I, I do think that you're still going to see a lot of Chestnut. You're going to see some of well, Terrence Welsh, like I mentioned, and, and maybe Ashton Stamps, the freshman, a little bit as well. Um, but it's just something that allows them to be more creative with their secondary because they have a very veteran safety group in terms of their starters. Major Burns is a multi-year starter in the SEC. Greg Brooks is a multi-year starter in the SEC. Uh, he's going to play kind of the nickel spot, which is where Sage was kind of lined up for most of the offseason. So that was my next question. <laughs> yeah, they're really trying to get in like the experience out there and because they, they do have a pretty young group overall in terms of just guys that don't have a ton of experience playing at this level. They want to make sure that they get the best six guys out there. And I think the best six right now are all the veterans that have kind of experience. So with Brooks moving to nickel, who's yeah. the other safety yeah. The other he one is Andre great. Sam. His name's Andre Sam. They brought him in from Marshall. Oh, he had a, he's good. He had he's a big good. game against, uh, um, I believe it was against Notre Dame last year. He was. Marshall I mean, he's a dude. Notre Dame. Um, yep. He's just, he's heading into his seventh year of college football. So there hasn't Holy been a whole crap. lot that he hasn't seen. Um, <laughs> That's incredible. He's, yeah. He's come in and he's made a bunch of plays for him. It's been pretty much him and, and, uh, and Burns is the two high safeties uh, kind of, you know, cup, you know, roaming deep and, uh, they're moving those guys up a little bit too. Every once in a while, they're they're splitting up and mixing up packages and schemes and stuff. But uh, yeah, Andre Sam's the other guy that's out there who's going to be another veteran, experienced guy who I think is really going to help them uh, kind of you know weather the storm with their secondary overhaul this year. Last question for segment two. In my show the other day, the third segment I did, I, I basically called it "Bombs Away." As you noted, Florida State can run. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but it, Phil Steele had an incredible number. And, of course, he's the stat guy for college football, whether you like his magazine or not. He said Florida State had 204 starts amongst their offensive linemen, which is the greatest stat he's ever – yeah, I know. It's like, what? You know? Like Better the group. I thought LSU's experience was going to help them. But, yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely something that's going to help Florida State. So. I'd never heard a stat like that, and Phil had neither. Yeah. More important one is not Brian Smith. It's Phil Steele here. So they're going to be able to run some – which brings in play action, et cetera. Having those safeties for LSU is important, but I'm still more worried about the corner situation because it only takes an, what's probably going to be a pretty close game, seven points. Yeah. I'm going to guess one way or the other. It only takes one play of an uh oh, and the game's winner is changed. Yeah. Am I rightful to think that LSU at this point, at least, you have to think there's going to be at least one moment you hope Jordan Travis just misses because yeah. there's a cover three or something. And what do we do? And why is this guy? And then he scored. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. give three points to the Knowles or any team. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think that this game is absolutely going to come down to a couple of those plays. And if Florida State hits on one, I think LSU has to hit on one too. I think that LSU yeah. has um, a couple of guys that they feel really good about offensively in terms of weapons that can – uh, really break open a game. Malik Neighbors has been oh, just stud out, just a stud. I mean, he's going to be. I would be surprised if he's not a first team All American this year. I think he's got that kind of what potential this year. Um, and that's, I mean, look, I mean, even Florida State's got some really great receivers, but I, I, I just think that the way that he can break open a game, the way that 
uh, Daniels can with his legs. I mean, I think if yeah. Daniels can escape and, you know, that's the one thing that they've, you know, we've talked about some with, with Daniels this year is everybody's been like, okay, let's get the passing game up to speed and, and, and kind of improve in, in year two of the SEC. And I think he's made some real strides there. Um, but you can't you can't take the ball from him. I mean, he's he's got such a dynamic way to run the ball. I mean, I think he's one of he's the fun. he's one of the fastest quarterback runners that I've seen ever. I mean, I I, I mean, you, you look at Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick. I think he's like in that echelon. He's not maybe right up there with those two guys, but he's in that conversation in terms of just his elite speed that he has at the quarterback position. So um, I'm yeah, I'm super excited to see it. I think you're right that this is going to come down to a couple of big plays. Um, hopefully not special teams like it did last year. Special teams. Played such a I don't want player. that to happen for yeah. either. That's yeah. not fun. That's yeah. not. I agree. But, um, you know, LSU feels a lot more confident in their special teams ability. I think this year they're, they're, they feel like they've got a guy in Aaron Anderson who can break a game open with his punt returning ability. And um, they've, they've got a little bit more stability with their, uh, with their with their kicker and their punter, so yeah, we'll see. I, I do think it comes down to a big player too, and which team makes them and which team is able to answer or not answer is going to tell us who wins that game. Segment three. This is kind of like segment one. I'm kind of let you just go with it. Obviously, we have Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors. I've talked about. He's a really good player. He's a three and out dude. Yeah. They get the transfer from Notre Dame at running back. They got is is Emory eligible, healthy? He's yeah. a guy. Okay, yeah. is you yeah. and I they have, they have eight scholarship years. running backs, eight scholarship running backs on their roster right now, and that's a bit much. But that's, that's another story. Yeah. But like, who's the freaking guy? Is it William? I have no idea. I've not been able to pin this down. Or is there? Yeah, one? we haven't been able to pin it down either, and we've been watching very closely. I mean, the the, the one guy that you know, at least in my opinion, who's going to get probably the bulk of like the actual running carries is going to be Noah Kane. I think he's been the most consistently healthy and available to you really since the spring. Uh, I mean, back in the spring, they had literally, it was Kane and true freshman Trey Holly were the only two backs that were available to LSU that were on scholarship. Everybody else was either, everybody else was either not here yet or Mm -hmm. suspended or not away from the team and uh, or hurt. And, and so now you, you kind of flash forward to this fall um, and you've got, you know, Williams, Diggs and uh, Armani Goodwin all may all miss like significant time this fall. So they were just now starting to get back um, into the rotation. So I'm not even sure LSU knows who they're going to have to rely on in, in that first game against Florida State, which could be uh, a little bit dicey. But I do think that Noah Kane's going to be a guy you lean on. Um, Josh Williams has just been a really trustworthy dude when he's healthy and, 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 and available. So I would imagine he is factors in as well. And then also Diggs. I think that's kind of your three man, uh, rotation, uh, this year. You mentioned Diggs had been out. Has he been banged up? Like he was banged up a little bit for most. So last, so the first couple weeks, um, that the media was out there, he was available for like one or two days. And then after that, he was doing like conditioning drills and, um, wasn't really participating with the team. So yeah, he was getting back from something. Um, but yeah, they, uh, you know, they, they didn't really tell us, but he's just now, I think starting to practice again and, and go full out. So we'll see. I'm not sure how he factors into this game plan, but we'll see. He was a great player at Notre Dame when he played, he's always hurt. It's been yeah. the knock on him, Yeah, but when he runs downhill, that's another guy. He's very similar to Emory. 
I, look, I'm not big enough anyway, but even if I was, I wouldn't want to get in front of John Emery. I wouldn't want to get in front of Dick. They got some big guys. They, the, the other thing, and this is why the NFL will love Diggs as much, if not more, than anybody else they have. <coughs> Excuse me. He can catch. Yeah. If he's not healthy, Florida State could rush the passer. Yeah. A four-yard check down is better than an incomplete pass or a sack. Yeah. They've, <laughs> they've been using the screen game a lot uh, this this fall. They've really opened that up a lot more. Um, I think they realize that they're going to have to get the ball out quickly. Um, you know, Jared Verse is – no joke. I think he probably goes top five in the draft next year. But, um, yeah, they're going to have to spread the ball around. They're going to have to get it out quickly. That's why they brought in guys like Aaron Anderson, um, a you know, five-star, just elite athlete, who if you get the ball to him in a one-on-one matchup, he's going to make you look silly. I mean, he his change of direction yeah, is nasty. unbelievably quick. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen many like that in the, at the college level. Um but they're going to use the running backs in the screen game. They're going to split them out wide a little bit. They're going to, you know, they trust, you know, John Emery and Kevontre Bradford, who's back on the team now. They're, they're both uh, going to be used as kind of pass catching backs and certainly Logan Diggs if he's healthy and available as well. So they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to have to, the one thing about LSU this year is they're going to have to open up that run game a little bit more. They were very inconsistent last year in that department. I think they understand that they kind of leaned heavily on Jaden Daniels in that respect, and they they want to get more out of that running back room. And um, you know, I think the evolution of the offensive line will certainly help with that, with having five starters back and um, certainly having some veteran guys who have played at, at very high level uh, situations before. What is your biggest confidence level? On the offense, is it? I mean, Jaden scrambling. I'll speak for you. Is everybody's like if you can make Alabama defenders look bad, we're good. But I mean, the most confident the most confidence I have right now is the the connection between Daniels and Neighbors. I mean, they were there were a few practices this year or this fall where I mean they they were just unstoppable. He he was. I mean, Neighbors was just uncoverable. He's. Always, he's just such a great route runner and, and finds okay. a hole in the defense. He reminds me in some ways of Justin Jefferson and the way he was able to kind of oh, wow. find the field. And, and find the, yeah, find the find the open space in the middle of the field. That was something Jefferson was just so good at that year, uh, those two years at LSU. So um, that's something that Neighbors is really good at as well. I think he'd like to see his touchdown numbers go up a little bit more, and I think I think they certainly will with, with the way that Daniels has progressed as well. Is Aaron Anderson their number two? No, so they got a they've got a, a smattering of, of of guys that I think could, okay. could be their number two. They have uh, Kyron Lacey, who's a transfer from ULL, uh, year two in the system. They really like how he's developed. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. still there, a former yep. five star. Hasn't really hit yet. They're still just waiting for him to have that breakout season. He's had some really great moments, um, but he's kind of had a little bit of or is it, yeah, it's a little what, bit of drops, just a little bit of inconsistency. I mean, he's, he's a freaky athlete. Yeah, man. he's about six four. I mean, I think he's their tallest receiver, and and right. it gives them the most opportunities in the red zone. So we'll see if they capitalize on that. But um, and then Chris Hilton is another former five star who is really right. now he's healthy and he's he, he's you know, strung together a healthy spring and a healthy fall for really the first time in his career, and I think they feel really comfortable with where he's at. Um, and that he'll be able to help them vertically down the field as well. Well, it sounds like they've got a lot of pieces. They just don't know which one is going to be. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to assess it. Yeah. But, Glenn, this is my favorite part about this. That's why it's college football. Mm -hmm. We're talking about 17 to 23-year-olds, which, let's be honest, most people in that age group are not consistent in general. 
Yeah. They're just not. And then you have a lot of guys coming off injury. You got the weird suspension with Mason. You know, I, I think you could make an argument besides obviously Jaden that Gillery is the most important player we need because you can't just replace Mason Smith, but he needs to be a big part of it. Yeah. But then on offense, if they can find somebody that's consistent for Jaden to throw to, then you can cause Florida State some problems. But if they don't have a number two defined yet, that's awkward. Right now, it could go a million ways. Yeah, right now, I think Neighbors is pretty firmly your number one target and on every drive. I mean, he's going to be the guy you're looking for most. But I, I would say number two right now is probably their tight end, Mason Taylor. I mean, I think he's oh, he's good. He, he's yeah. he's he's put on about 15 pounds um, this this off season. He's he can block a little bit better than he did last year. Uh, but his his true his true gift is is being able to catch in the slot and and, and making some plays happen downfield. So. We'll see. I mean, that I mean, outside of the connection with neighbors, Daniels really had a, a nice, strong bond with 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 uh, with Mason Taylor. So, um, like you said, there's there's going to be a lot of weapons for them to kind of parcel out, and I'm excited to see it because I don't think there is a really defined, you know, number two, number three, number four guy. I think that they're hoping that that guy kind of comes up during their during the season, and you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for a lot of guys. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. What's your prediction? Yeah, I got I got LSU winning a tight one. I mean, I think it it like you said, it comes down to a last couple minute, two minute drive, a last minute field goal, last minute touchdown, something like that. I I, I just feel really confident in LSU's offense. I, I think that they're going to be able to really um, you know carry this thing out. And you know, look, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Florida State won this game. I think that they also have a really deep, talented team that has. Certainly a lot of confidence and momentum their way uh, with the way that they've progressed this offseason. But um, I, I do know that from at least LSU's side that they feel like they're they're ready to compete at the highest level. And you have to win this game if you're going to be at the highest level at the end of the season. You, you have to get this first game. All right, Glenn West, I appreciate it, sir. Always good to see you. Yeah. Um, it's, Hope to uh, see you in Orlando. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll yeah I'm, I'm planning to go up there. I'll, I'll get with you on that. It's uh, yeah. It's going to be fun. Little, little warm, uh, but you're used to that living in Baton Rouge. Oh, it's so. 103 out here today. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, we're not going to discuss that because I don't want to have any more negativity. That's that's no good, brother. <laughs> but uh, anyway, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. Y'all have a great day.